Have you ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams, Amon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. Welcome to the Game on Fantasy Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Grezegorik and Gage Bridgeford. Welcome back to the Game on Fantasy Podcast. This is Tyler Grezegorik and Gage Bridgeford once again, and for the final time this season, breaking down the previous week. We're still we still have one game to go as Monday Night Football between the Steelers and Bengals is set to take off here in a little bit. Uh, Six fifteen my time in Arizona, which is about an hour and a half from when we're recording. So uh, we won't be able to cover that game this week until uh, we get to the. Thursday evening recording, uh, no live stream this week for us, so uh, be sure to tune in to the Friday morning podcast. Yeah, that's right, we don't stop for Christmas, we, we keep going, we keep powering through, uh, mostly thanks to COVID though, I'll be, I'll be honest, that's that's the biggest reason why we're not not recording on uh, Thursday and Friday. So uh, Gage, how you doing? How was, how was your football week? I have had better weeks of fantasy. Um, oh yeah, I have a story for you. We'll, we'll, we'll... It was, to say that I... This might have been the worst week of fantasy I have ever had. Um, all of my teams that were still in the playoffs uh, laid eggs, and all of my teams that were knocked out that were already knocked out last week uh, went off. So, like, I have multiple teams that put up not their best week of the season, but pretty damn close to it. And all of my teams that were contending, and like my best team that was a just a lock team, just deep as all get out lost because Russ and DK laid eggs yesterday. So yeah, I was it was a pretty rough weekend for me. Yeah, I so I'm gonna use this as an opportunity. We were talking about it a little bit on Sunday, but my Scott Fishbowl team, a roller coaster of emotions for me on Sunday as I took a roaring lead in my conference. And if you're not familiar with the Scott Fishbowl, it's a great cause. Go check it out. It's also a lot of fun. And it's a huge opportunity for guys like myself to go into these big pools with some of these other big names and really kind of see where, where we stand. And, you know, obviously in fantasy, there's a ton of luck. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, whatever. But, you know, for me to be here in the semifinals my first year, I'm pretty excited. And so in order to go to the finals, you have to finish first in your conference. That's about 10 teams in the semifinals in your, in your conference. And so this Sunday, I take a roaring lead. I'm up 190, I think, to like 140 is the next nearest score. Uh, So I'm up by 50 going into the afternoon games. And I'm feeling pretty good about it because I still have Cooper Cup and I still have Deontay Johnson. Well, I check after the afternoon games and I got DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, and I'm now losing by 40 points uh, after Cooper Cup has already gone and Deontay Johnson still has to go. 
So uh, I will be <laughs> watching every second of the Steelers game tonight, hoping that Deontay Johnson gets every single touch and somehow comes up with 40 points. Now, in Scott Fishbowl, it's doable. Uh, in most other formats, that's, like, not going to happen ever. But, I mean, I just told you uh, that the guy behind me, the next nearest guy, had 140. Uh, he had Kyler Murray and Hopkins only. So between the two of them, they put up over 100 points. And so yeah, it's possible. It was hilarious when you were like, yeah, I'm good. And I was like, I don't know, man. And then when you told me they made up the gap, I was like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me because the scoring in this league is absolutely bananas. Right. Uh, so I will be watching Deontay Johnson attempt to score 40.4 points for me. Now, that includes first downs. So make sure that you're rooting for Deontay Johnson catches, first downs, touchdowns, yards, etc. Because uh, I need 40.4 of those. So... It's gonna I will be... root for you a little bit, but I also need Juju to score first touchdown. That's all I need, though. I See, I have Juju on my other team, which will be advancing to the finals already. Uh, I'll be advancing to the finals without Juju's points, so I don't really care. If Juju has a, a stinker tonight, it doesn't I'm sure me. you don't, but <laughs> I have money on him scoring first. So I would prefer him to score first. All right, let's go ahead and get let's. We've distracted enough. We, <laughs> we're this is the Christmas week episode. It's going to be a little off the rails. We're not going to be a hundred percent structured just because we're nearing the end of the season. We and we've come at you guys twice a week, every week for the past what three months now, four months. Yeah, if you're still listening to us, thank you because I I don't know how you haven't gotten tired of our voices yet. Yeah, I know. I'm tired of my own voice, so I, I don't know how you are. I'm ready for a break. I'm excited for us to get into Dynasty content, but I'm also ready for a podcasting, live streaming break, uh, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Uh, but let's get started here with the first game of the week, Buccaneers-Falcons. Once again, the Atlanta Falcons blow a big lead, up 21-3 to in this game. Um, and, uh, or no, it was, it was more than that, wasn't it? It was 20... Uh, I believe, let me I mean, go it's 24 find to 7, it. it looks like, from the third quarter scoring. Here, right here. So it was 24 to 7 with 435 left. For, I'm going to run through one quick thing, so that way everybody can understand just the epic failure that has been the Falcons over the last few years. 28 to 3, obviously the Super Bowl, we know about that. With 559 left in the fourth quarter, they were up 30 to 20 against the San Diego Chargers. So again, this is dated a couple of years. They lost that game. Two and two, or they were up 17 to zero with 12:50 left in the third quarter on the Miami Dolphins. They lost that game. They were up 39 to 24 against the Dallas Cowboys this year with just under five minutes left in the fourth quarter. They lost that game. They were up 16 with 6:22 left, and they lost to the Bears this year. And then they were up 24 to seven in this game with 4:35 left, and they lost as well. This team is broken. And it's They're sad. just cursed. And it's really sad. It is. Because I was watching this game. I was like, wow, the Falcons are taking it to the Buccaneers. Like, this is the team, the Buccaneers, that is supposed to contend in the playoffs. Absolutely not. And then they go on and they end up winning this game. And we talked about it with the Packers and the Panthers. A win is a win is a win. Uh, and so, you know, the Buccaneers get their win and they get one win closer to clinching their playoff spot. But they end up winning 31-27. to There was tons of fantasy goodness all around, uh, exception of running backs. Running backs were terrible in this game, except for Leonard Fournette, who saved the day with two goal line touchdowns. Uh, with 14 carries of 49 yards for, for Leonard Fournette. Uh, he had the two touchdowns, as I mentioned. The other side of the, of the coin there in Atlanta it is no longer Todd Gurley as a starting running back there. It is now Ido Smith. Um, that is not that is not projection. That is from the word of Raheem Morris. Uh, it is the Ido Smith show in Atlanta, which makes sense. I, if you're 
I mean, Todd Gurley is on a one-year deal, and you might as well see what you have at E.O. Smith for the last couple games. Uh, I, under, I get it. It makes sense. Uh, what does this do for you for Todd Gurley moving forward? Uh, Dynasty, you should be selling. Granted, you probably should have sold him last year anyway. Um, I know I don't roster Todd Gurley anywhere in Dynasty. Uh, I've sold. I got rid of all of my shares. Uh, I only have him in redraft, so that's okay. Uh, for the rest of the year, you can't play him, though. There's just... You can't do it. Uh, they have to play Tampa in Tampa in two weeks, if I remember correctly. So if you play in week 17, you definitely can't play it that week. And then uh, I believe this week they play Kansas City, so I'm not playing him. So for the rest of the year, Todd Gurley's done. He's droppable. Uh, for Dynasty, Try it. you're going to have to wait till the offseason, hope he signs somewhere on a one-year deal, and flip him immediately. If he, if he signs anywhere where he's projected to be a starter – Trade him for whatever you can get at that point. I It won't be a lot, but just trade him, get out of the Todd Gurley business. I know I'm out of it, and you should be as well. I have one Todd Gurley share in Dynasty, and that's because I bought him on a contending team last season uh, to try and make a push, uh, and that did not go well, obviously. But it, I, was, I, I bought low. I bought low. I think I paid a low-end first-round pick, and I got Todd Gurley in a third or something like that. So it was okay for me. I didn't really care. Uh, but the, the point remains here is the Ito Smith show. Uh, what does that mean for him in terms of his value going into next week against the Chiefs? Uh, where do you think you're going to be able to peg him in your rankings? He'll probably be like a – he'll probably be like a – uh, like an upper like RB three for me. I'm still not yeah. in love. With the I had the player. RB thirty just, in just, mind. I was like, I was like, they're not run, they're not running the ball enough. The defensive matchup isn't great. I think they're gonna have to throw the ball a ton. I still think Brian Hill gets some work. Todd Gurley gets a carrier too. So now I'm just, I'm not about it. I just I don't want any part of the Atlanta backfield. And now, quick dynasty note: don't go buy Edo Smith. Don't do it. He's not the starter moving forward he's not the long-term guy so don't like think oh Todd Gurley's out I'm gonna go buy Ito no don't do that it's foolish I agree uh so moving into the receiving core Calvin Ridley was hashtag very good once again uh Russell Gage in the absence of Julio Jones persisted to be a good option this week five catches with 68 yards and one touchdown and uh other than that I mean Hayden Hurst saved his day with a touchdown but Nothing else too noteworthy here for Atlanta. On the other side of the ball, they definitely spread the wealth. Uh, six, five, four, and four are the top four wide receivers. Mike Evans leading the group with seven targets and six catches. Antonio Brown had seven targets and five catches. Uh, Chris Godwin saved the day with a touchdown, but he had four for 36. Otherwise, are you worried about Chris four. Godwin? Yeah, yeah. My worried about Chris Godwin, like long term or just for the year? Long term, no, because I think because I, I yeah. think the joke that is Antonio Brown leaves after this season. I don't think that that matters. For some reason, Tom Brady is not favoring him at all, and I don't know why. So he gave if, him if you're five assuming targets. Tom Brady plays again next year, I don't know. So he gave he gave him five targets. I mean, like, there's just a lot of mouths to feed. But it's not it's not matching the perceived value, right? So that's where you get into sell windows and sell opportunities. The the what you expect him to be doing and what he's actually doing are not matching. And so if he, I mean, sure, he got four for 36. He got the touchdown this week, but if he didn't get the touchdown. It's not a good week. That's five points. That's not definitely what, not what you're getting considering what you've paid for him. Basically I'm tempering expectations. Um, with the addition of Antonio Brown, uh, I expected the, I expected his workload to go down. I didn't expect it to go down quite this much, but when you're throwing five targets to Fournette, three to Scotty Miller, seven to Gronk, three to LaShawn McCoy, four to Cambray, 
then seven to AB and seven to Mike Evans. That's what's going to happen. I thought that he would get more work, but he's not. So I'm tempering expectations. Uh, yeah, he's no longer a wide receiver one for me in terms of fantasy purposes. He's probably a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three type, uh, somewhere in that range. Probably. I, so if I was re- ranking him on a weekly basis, he's probably going to come in like anywhere between like 22 and 32 for me. Oh, yeah, I, I think I, that's about where I'd put him as well. But let's move on to this uh, 49ers-Cowboys game. Uh, the Cowboys ended up winning 41-33 to to keep their NFC least hopes alive. Uh, they're 5-9 and nine on the season now, and they still have an opportunity with Washington losing this week uh, in a close game to Seattle, a game that Washington had no business in winning. They almost won that game in Seattle. Uh, they almost won it, but they lost, and so they're now 6-8, and eight, I think, Washington is. So Washington will, ha- will have to defend their, their uh, NFC East title here over the next couple weeks as the Cowboys and the Giants are on their heels here. So uh, the Giants lost as well, so that doesn't help their case. But uh, on the San Francisco side, Nick Mullins did not have a great day. Uh, They brought in C.J. Beathard eventually, who did C.J. Beathard things and threw 5 of 7 for 100 yards and a score. So, what? I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Yeah, but the score score was a joke. I know, I know. 49 yards heave to Bourne and he caught it in a pile it's nothing. <laughs> uh, in the rushing game there for uh, San Francisco excuse me Tevin Coleman is a non-factor which he really hasn't been all year uh, Raheem Mostert Jeffrey Wilson Jr. kind of had similar workloads Wilson just got the touchdown he gets the goal line work here so it's 14 for 68 for Mostert 16 for 60 for Wilson uh, that's about it Brandon Ayuk showed up 9 for 73 on 13 targets and a score Kendrick Bourne's uh, 4 for 86 and a score on 4 targets he obviously got the Hail Mary at the end uh, Richie James again continues to be relevant when there's no second receiver here so Richie James 4 for 56 on 7 targets uh, I, he's definitely a if he's not on if he's not on your waiver wire he's a buy low candidate for me moving into the moving into the next season here um, just because I think they're going to want to get him more involved and then I think he's also entering a contract here, if I remember correctly, next season. So uh, if they continue to get him involved, cool. Uh, that's great. But he's a buy-low candidate. He'll throw like a third-round pick. But he might be on your waiver wire. I'd stash him for the offseason and see what happens. Uh, but that's about it for me here in San Francisco. Yeah, no. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is uh, still good, uh, budding young star there. The Jeff Wilson touchdown came after the Raheem Mostert injury. Uh, if I was San Francisco, I would shut him down for the year, honestly. Uh, your season's done. You officially cannot make the playoffs. There's no shot. Just shut it down. Um, you did sign him to a, a small extension in the offseason. No point in risking further injury here. Just let Jeff Wilson and company handle the rest of it. Uh, I like the idea of stashing Richie James as the third option in this wide receiver core because I don't know that Kendrick Bourne continues to be a thing. I think Brandon Ayuk is obviously going to be a thing. Debo, as long as he's able to be healthy, he's going to be a thing. Uh, But I think Richie James is going to carve out that third wide receiver role. Yeah, and I think this is a stash the player and try to capitalize on, on somebody getting panicky early on in 2021. That's the idea here. Is this is how this is how you churn out value for your dynasty teams. You find the guys like this who have the window, who have the path to being relevant, and then you stash them, and then you trade them, and you get more value than what you paid for them. That's exactly how you win in dynasty. So uh, that's what I'm doing with Richie James. See if I can get anybody to buy it. See if there's any Niners fans in my leagues. Uh, and then uh, on the Cowboys side, what are we doing, with Tony Pollard? I mean, if you're if you're the Zeke, if you're the Zeke manager. You got to go after him, plain and simple. You you have to. 
Um, what is the most I, you'd be willing to pay to the Zeke owner to get Tony Pollard? To the Zeke owner? Right, if you're the Zeke owner, my bad. I, I was, I was like, mis- I was like, I misphrased. To the Zeke owner, I was like, there's no way he's gonna sell. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I can't give up any premium picks because Zeke is tied there, unless obviously they take the hit, which they can't afford to do, because they're already in cap hell. They can't afford to cut him. Zeke's there for like till 2027, I think, is when he is done. There's so there's for all the oh Tony Pollard's going to be the guy. There's no path to him being the guy. So, I mean, I'd probably give up like a second because I know that he's not going to be a starter. He's not going to do anything. So I'm I'm not like actively going after Tony Pollard, although he has looked like the better back and he had more fantasy points today than Zeke had, or yesterday than Zeke has had since like week 14 of 2018. Do you see that stat floating around that's, in the Twitterverse? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. Um, but I, it, he's just not he's not the starter. And they're not going to bench Zeke. You can't bench a guy that you're paying, what, $20 million a year or whatever they gave him? I, I agree. And so it's, it's similar to the Carson Wentz argument with Jalen Hurts, which we'll get into in a little bit here as well. Uh, Dallas receiving core, though. C.D. Lamb, uh, I think he's the receiving. I think he's the leading receiver here. I think that eventually he overtakes Cooper for that role. I know they just gave Cooper a bunch of money. But we're seeing some. We're seeing a trend of these teams that are kind of regretting some of these big contracts they're handing out, which it makes it, wonder, it makes you wonder, like, what's going into those other than pressure from from fan bases going into those deals because they go out they give a cooper the big contract and then they bring in cd lamb and now he looks like he's the better receiver here all around uh tony pollard had six for 63 on nine targets michael gallup had a touchdown in this game uh but other than that it's a cd lamb show as usual here i mean nothing the the receivers for dallas have been really subpar overall since uh prescott went down and cooper's been kind of He's been he's done what Cooper does, which is have good weeks, bad weeks. But I think Ceedee Lamb has been the more consistent one. You can at least get five, six, seven points from him every single week, and then he has those kind of weeks like this where he has five for eighty-five, where he gets a touchdown. Um, I think he's my Dallas wide receiver one moving forward, dynasty wise. Yeah, he is the wide receiver one here. He's younger. Uh, he's clearly more explosive. Uh, I like his big playability better than I like Cooper's. Cooper is still the better route runner, and it's not close. Uh, Cooper's just one of the best route runners in football but yeah lamb is the is the primary wide receiver uh to own for fantasy here and he's just lamb's going to continue to get better and then when Dak comes back next year uh he's going to be a wide receiver one candidate every single week um also that that kick return touchdown was pretty big that uh really really carried his day if your league gave you points for that because uh, he got that like on he returned the onside kick return for a touchdown so i just I think that he is a. I think he's a good player. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, Cooper's not going anywhere. But here's the reason they gave Cooper that big deal: they didn't know that Lamb was going to fall to them in the draft. They didn't know. The assumption was Lamb was going to be gone. So they gave Cooper the big deal because they gave up a lot to get him, and they so they it was similar to the Jalen Ramsey deal with the Rams. They put themselves over a barrel. They had no choice. They had to pay Cooper because of what they gave up to get him. I think Michael Gallup is the interesting study here because I think he's still a super good wide receiver. Obviously, Andy Dalton is limiting in what he can provide to his receiving core. He is a buy-low candidate for me, but you're probably going to have to stash him for one to two seasons because you're going to have to wait for him to either get one, an injury opportunity, or two, to get traded slash walk in free agency. 
So he is a guy I'm I'm monitoring from a buy low standpoint because I think he's really talented and put him in the right offense. He could be really good for fantasy. Um, but let's move on to this Lions and Titans game. Uh, this was a uh, interesting game because I did not realize Matt Stafford was playing in this game until I saw the stat line of Matt Stafford's midway through midway through the day, and I was like, "Oh crap, Matt Stafford's playing!" And so, <laughs> uh, if I had known that, I would have told you you could play DeAndre Swift in this game. Uh, but yeah, he was announced as the starter on Saturday. Yeah, he, uh, he, he came... well, the last report I saw was that he could barely breathe, and the next thing well, I know, no, he said on Saturday. Um, they announced on Saturday he was playing, and then they revealed that report of he could barely breathe. There was no way he was going to play, and then he said, "I'm active. I can play." So that's how that happened. Yeah, I missed, I missed the I missed the sequential report. Then I would have told you to play DeAndre Swift. Smash playing that in that matchup. I thought Chase Daniel would be the quarterback, and I thought DeAndre Swift would pull, would, uh, would pay for that. But DeAndre Swift had a fantastic day: 15 carries, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he didn't do much in the air, 415, but that's okay. Marvin Jones Jr. had a great game. Uh, TJ Hawkinson didn't have a great day, but he'll have better. He'll have better matchups. Uh, this is actually not a bad matchup. He'll have better days. Let's just say that. So uh, nothing else to add on the Detroit side. I think it was pretty straightforward. Uh, this was a good matchup. I mean, and then the Packers get this Titans defense next week. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to watch Green Bay carve it up. Uh, I think that that game on Sunday has the potential to have a ton of points. I was. Uh, my kicker article come out for Roto Baller today. Um, so if you play in a league with kickers, which you should because kickers matter, um, I talked about how the Packer game could clear 80 total points, and I would not be surprised. I think between the high-efficiency offenses, the sh- inconsistent defenses, I wouldn't be surprised to see Green Bay and Tennessee combine for 80. I think the over-under for this game is set at like 56, so... I am relatively confident in the over, despite how it's supposed to be extremely cold next week. So I'm really excited to watch uh, Green Bay go to work against a defense that just has not been able to get right all year. Absolutely. And so Ryan Tannehill, 21-27, 273 and three scores. Uh, Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry things. We got to see Darrington Evans in this game. That was exciting. Uh, He got a touchdown in the air. That was really cool. Uh, Corey Davis, 4 for 110 and a score, 75-yard touchdown for him. Uh, it's really been awesome to watch him come on this year, and it gives me it gives me hope for guys like Inkil Harry, who might just take a year or two to develop, uh, a year or two longer to develop, uh, because the talent is there. And so Corey Davis finally has broken out this year. He's been super consistent, uh, and I, I think he's a guy that you can buy in the offseason for not too high and add him to your roster as a consistent flex play heading into next year because they're going to return a lot of these pieces heading into 2021, including A.J. Brown, who had 544 and a score. Johnny Smith, 5 for 52 and uh, no touchdowns. I think he has one more year on his deal as well. I think this entire Titans offense is returning. but uh, I mean, uh, minus Corey Davis. Corey Davis is a free agent right now. Is he? Well, I think they resign him. I guess well, I, I, I should I mean, have said that. Well, Sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, for one, A.J. Brown said, I think, on Sunday, he said, I hope he's back next to me next year. Yeah, so, I guess I was well, assuming that they resigned him. but I assume they do any. I assume they do also. I'm just like, he. no, no, no. Actually, now that I think about it, other than Anthony Ferkser, all of the tight ends are free agents. Ferkser's a restricted free agent. So they are all. I thought John had one more year. Is this nope. his fourth year already? That he is he is a free agent. I just read this yesterday. Well then, I misspoken. I thought Johnny yeah, had one no, more so year. Johnu, Michael Pruitt, uh, Anthony Ferkser, and then the other one. Who's the other one? Jeff Swaim. They are all free agents of some kind, uh, and Ferkser is a restricted free agent. The other three are all unrestricted. So, so Johnu's probably not going to come back because I think he gets a big deal. He might. I mean, he had a down year after a strong start. So maybe if he like parlays this final bit of success and some playoff success, 
maybe he can get a big deal, but I'm not. It's not a guarantee. All right, we'll, we'll save that for our Dynasty podcast, which will start uh, sometime in the near future here. Uh, Texans-Colts, let's move on to this game. The Colts ended up winning 27-20 uh, in a actually a pretty good game, and the Texans fumbled again inside the 10. Uh, they were on route to tie this game again, and they fumbled once again. So Kiki QT was the victim this time. Deshaun Watson did Deshaun Watson things, 33-41, 3.73, two scores. Uh, didn't do a ton on the ground. Uh, David Johnson... Eight for twenty-seven, uh, not great. Uh, on the yeah, ground. but he had eleven catches for a hundred six yards on eleven yes, targets. I was burying the lead a, a little bit. High in both, both. <laughs> that um, is a career high in both. This guy went and put up a fantasy MVP season a few years ago, and then didn't do anything for two or three years, and then now he comes out in week fifteen. This was the classic league winner performance of the guy that has done nothing for you all year. You didn't start him. I guarantee it. There's just there's no way. The only reason you would start him is you had no other option. Everybody else you had is injured or terrible, worse matchups than this one because this one wasn't even good. And then these this guy goes out and puts up 11 for 106 on 11 targets. Put so that's a 20 21 point outing for fan for P, full PPR plus 2.7 there. Gives you a like twenty three point performance in the semifinals, and he didn't even score a touchdown. And then Brandon Cooks comes in six for fifty nine. Kiki QT, even though he had to fumble five for fifty three in a score, almost had a second one if he hadn't fumbled. Jordan Aikens five for fifty. Chad Chad Hansen's weird. I don't understand why he keeps getting looks in important times, but he does. He's had at least 12 fantasy PPR points in three straight games. Golly, I don't want to talk about Chad Hansen anymore. Let's move on to the Colts side of the ball. Philip Rivers had a decent day as expected. Jonathan Taylor had another good day, 16 for 83 and a score. Uh, in the receiving core, T.Y. Hilton did not have a typical Houston T.Y. Hilton-esque game, but he had a decent game, 1 for 71. I think you're happy with that. Uh, Zach Pascal had two touchdowns, 5 for 79, and that is it. Yeah, it was uh, – Zach Pascal was the guy. He vultured all of your T.Y. Hilton value. Uh, like, obviously, T.Y. still had 11.1, which isn't a bad day. It's not great, but it's not a good – it's not a bad day. Um just Pascal was getting the red zone work and that's what that's made all the difference in the world. TY had a couple of like had a 41 yard catch that caught him down inside. I think the five and then Pascal vultured the touchdown there. Taylor obviously had a touchdown on the day. Taylor was grinding out yards in this game, had a long of 14 and he had 83 yards. So he was just grinding yards out and was you, ripping you off. Love to see him, you love to see him grinding out yards, as you say. And then also, having four to five yards of carry like that's that's what yeah. you want to see so yeah 5.2 um, yards per carry is right outstanding exactly so that's good that's great for him that's exactly what you want to see out of jonathan taylor a consistent consistent production there uh but let's move on to this patriots dolphins game not a lot of fancy goodness in this game uh let's start with the patriots side they threw it 27 times they threw it more than they ran it can you believe that that that's it's the no. complete opposite of their game script or of their game from <laughs> right. week one where they ran all over Miami. Right. And so they were running it effectively. I don't understand why they stopped running. I don't understand this offense. So uh, they got behind. I still would. They've played from behind before and they've. Yeah. They've... But, what, but what I'm saying is they got behind and then a lot of their passing came late in the game. Like I kept, I was seeing Jacoby Myers, big play, uh, Demir Bird, big play. And it was happening late in the game when Miami was building a steady lead. And so New England was having to go more and more pass heavy late in the game. So speaking of that rushing attack, though, Sonny Michel uh, was one of my surprises of the week. 
uh, set 10 carries for 74 yards. He was producing. Uh, they just kind of stopped giving it to him. He had one catch for eight yards. Uh, Jacoby Myers led the receivers for was 7 for 11 on 10 targets. Uh, James White had 4 for 52 on four targets. Uh, Demir Bird, 3 for 24 on four, and that's it. Um, but we, we were talking about Inkiel Harry a little bit off the off the air. excuse me. Uh, I think he's another buy-low candidate heading into next year. Again, I'm going to keep saying it. I have faith in him. But the point is... I just want it to be clear. Tyler is the only one that has faith in him on this podcast. I have no faith. I have yet to see Nikhil Harry do anything outside of one good play two weeks ago. I haven't seen him do anything. I have no faith in him. I'm sticking to my guns from an evaluation standpoint. I evaluated him coming out of ASU. I'm sticking to my guns on those. Um, I evaluated him as well. He was not... uh, I think he was like my wide receiver five. Maybe. I loved... So many. I loved AJ Brown more, DK more. Uh, he was my wide receiver two behind AJ Brown. Yeah, no, he was at least wide receiver three for me, and I think he was probably four or five. I'd have but, to go back. But we'll talk about dynasty stuff uh, in the coming weeks. Once again, as you can see, we keep getting d- distracted by it. But uh, on the Dolphins side of the ball, Salvin Ahmed, uh, twenty-three for one twenty-two and a score. Matt Breida had a solid day, twelve for eighty-six. Uh, and uh, he he nearly had a score as well. I believe he got tackled at like the one yard line or got knocked out of bounds at the one. So he nearly had a touchdown. Yep, and Tua absolutely buoyed his day uh, with two rushing touchdowns, but three carries for nine yards. Uh, his long of which was five yards. So I mean, you'll take it if you play Tua. I wouldn't have told you to play Tua, but if you did, you kind of got bailed out by those. Um, and then in the receiving uh, receiving area for Miami, I mean, nothing spectacular here. Lim Bowden had seven targets, six catches for 37 yards. Durham Smythe, in the absence of Mike Kosicki, had five for 40. That's it. That's it. That's, That's literally it. it. No, and and we're not even going to talk about anybody else because you're not starting any of these other guys in fantasy. Uh, Ahmed, as long as Miles Gaskin is out, Ahmed is more than startable in fantasy. Um, and I well, Gaskin's, not, Gaskin's done for the year, I'm pretty sure. Is he done for the year? I thought he was just on short-term IR. Well... Didn't he come back off of that, and then they put him back? Yeah, well, I didn't know that they put him back on IR. I, I don't know. We'll get clarification so, on that, but I don't he was think on he the put... he was on the reserve COVID list for that's, week fifteen. Okay. So I that's know. why. So he's on that. Um, but yeah, as long as Gaskin isn't playing, Ahmed is startable. I started him in a lot of DFS spots because he was really cheap, and I thought he had a chance for a good day, and I was right. So that's cool. And if you don't have any dynasty trade deadlines, trade him now because the Dolphins are going to draft a running back. So. Absolutely, yeah. No, go trade him. Uh, Lynn Bowden is an interesting. He, if I'm gonna buy low on somebody in this game, I would prefer to buy low on Lynn Bowden than Nikhil Harry. So that's just that's where I'm at because wow, I think that's... Lynn Bowden's prices. I think Lynn Bowden's price is still really cheap compared. And I think in Keel Harry because I think what you're gonna run into is people that invested premium stuff in in, in Keel Harry that are still tied to him that don't want to give up on him yet, and I think that they might be too like they might be too tied to him and that's that's fine i i will take lynn bowden who i could probably get for a third all right well i will hardly disagree but anyway moving on to the bears or vikings game here uh bears pull this one out 33 to 27 the uh, the vikings and cousins led offense uh were heaving up hail marys at the end of the game to try and win this game uh trubisky did not have quite the game we thought he would overall but david montgomery did trubisky nearly had a perfect day if it wasn't for that boneheaded throw interception yeah, well that in boneheaded zone. throw is pretty significant but yes. yeah it did well so what i'm getting at is he played a near perfect game up to that point 
Like his game was, he was making, he was on time with his reads. Apparently he only had, he only had one true drop back though. Everything else was rollouts, which was hilarious. Like it was all design stuff, but if it was like if that play, if he doesn't force it there. They kick the field goal and then go up by nine and it's, it's ball game. So that was, that was a bad, bad play. Like I get it. You're trying to go for the kill shot there, but you can't do it. Uh, go ahead and talk about Montgomery, who had an outstanding day. I actually would, I would rather talk about Darnell Mooney. But anyway, David Montgomery, 32 for 146 and two scores. That's great. I mean, it was a negative touchdown regression in the favor of David Montgomery having a positive touchdown regression heading into the second half of the season, and it is hitting hard right now. You are probably – I actually I know somebody in my home league who is riding David Montgomery from the sixth seed all the way into the championship game. It's been a, it's been a spectacle to watch. Um I think he does it again next week. I think they have a great match. They have the Bear, uh, the Jaguars. So, yeah, they have the Jaguars. So week. Dave Montgomery could very well win you a championship, uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch right now. Uh, but let's talk about Darnell Mooney. Uh, four for 49 in a score. He had one uh, end around for 16 yards. Uh, told you, sleeper of the week right here. And uh, you end up getting a in full PPR, 14.9, 17-point week from him. So... It was a good week for Donald Mooney uh, in your flex. Uh, Allen Robinson's still really good. Uh, I'm excited to see what they – I'm excited to see him go somewhere else. I know I, I'm on the train of he chose his bed and he needs to lie in it because he had the opportunity to play with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and he said, no, nah, I want more money. And so I don't want to hear the complaints. But the thing is, the complaints are not coming from him. The complaints are coming from the fans. And so uh, – I think that's the difference there. I want to see him succeed so badly. Uh, I want to see him get to play with a good quarterback for once and uh, and, and go somewhere in this free agent period that's going to be good for him. Yeah, Other than that, nothing I, else I, on the Bears side. I, whatever. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb to, like, the idea of you made your bed, you lie in it. But that's my that's my point. I'm not saying like I'm not saying it to Robinson, like because he's not the one complaining. I'm saying it to the fans, like let this man get a get a good quarterback. Well, he had the opportunity to do that, and he didn't want to. He wants to play for money, which is great. He should he should want to do that. But I don't think we should sit here and say he's never played with a good quarterback because he had the opportunity to, and he chose not to. So I don't think he. Well, cares. I think the, I think the difference between Robinson and a guy like the difference with Robinson is he's producing with bad quarterbacks. I, right. I like I have more right. I have more issue with the guys that are complaining about not producing with bad quarterbacks and it's like well you you chose to go there but Robinson yes he chose to go to Chicago to play with Trubisky absolutely agree 1000% but he's still putting up numbers he's and I think he's going to get paid way too much money this offseason Oh absolutely I love I he's going to set Robinson. the wide receiver market I, I he's going to set gonna the get, he's going to set the wide receiver I, market I don't think he's going to get that much money because it's a down year. That's fair. Okay, so I think but... like, I think if I'm him, I'm taking a one-year short-term deal this like this season, risking my health and then trying to cash in next year. I mean, like he did with the uh, <laughs> like what happened in Jacksonville, so you can go through that. I mean, he didn't but necessarily. He didn't, but that wasn't a risk. He was on a no. rookie deal still. But still, I mean, he has to go through that again. I mean, I don't. I think a guy that has gone through that experience might be looking for a long term deal, even if it's a little bit less money. I think there will be teams out there that'll be lining up to pay him on all tiers of NFL success right now. Uh, but let's move on to the Minnesota side. Uh, Kirk Cousins had an okay day. Dalvin Cook, twenty four of one thirty two for a score. He's still really freaking good. Doesn't matter the matchup. He's matchup proof. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a better day than I thought he would. Uh, Eight for one hundred four on eleven targets. He had more targets than 
Oh, I was, I was, gonna, I was gonna throw a really cool stat out there, but Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, and Dalvin Cook had 12 targets between the three of them, and Justin Jefferson had 11. I thought it was gonna be really cool there for a second on the fly, but it wasn't. Adam Thielen stayed to stay with a touchdown. Irv Smith didn't get the touchdown, but uh, three for 37. Yeah, Tyler Conklin did. Yeah, Tyler right. Con- it was weird. So uh, we, we both toted up Irv Smith. The logic was there. I'm sorry if he stunk up your lineup. Uh, we, it, we didn't anticipate Tyler Conklin. We were on track there. It just yeah. the touchdown didn't go to him. It went to the other guy. Which made no sense. I don't know why Tyler Conklin's all of a sudden a thing. This Minnesota's because weird. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Um, but I have nothing else to add about Minnesota. Yeah, no. Minnesota's chalk. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Also, if you guys haven't seen the Justin Jefferson clip of him um, expressing his frustration in the direction of Kirk Cousins, you should go watch it. It was hilarious uh, because hot mics in this season are picking up everything. I know. It's so awesome. I can't wait for NFL films. Oh, oh man. Hearing him yell at Kirk 25 yards away was just – that was the highlight of my Sunday, which just tells you how bad my fantasy weekend was. <laughs> let's go look at that Seattle-Washington game. Sure thing. You know, let's, ride out these let's, start, let's start with Washington. Let's start with Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he was as bad as his stat line suggests. It was, it, he turned it around in the second half, right. I'll say that. In the he, first half, he was bad. He, I think there was some, I think there was some early game jitters and getting back into the flow of things. He hasn't and, played for two months. Yeah, exactly. And and so, for no reason. <laughs> so I, I don't think he was terrible in this game. I, I think it, the same problem with Dwayne Haskins. It's been, it's been the same problem since he came into the league. It's been questionable decision making. The arm talent is there. The talent is there as a player. Uh, I know people hate that that quote arm talent, but I think it's a real thing. I'm going to use it. Um, the question, the question with Dwayne Haskins has been decision making, and you got some of that in this game. Uh, J.D. McKissick, though, 13-51. He was clearly the lead running back here. 13-51 uh, for uh, – and then uh, in the air, 9-56, and he got his touchdown. I think in my league he had ten 20 – targets. Yeah, 10 targets. I think in my league he had 22 points total. So And that's a half-point PPR. So that's a, that's a great day from J.D. McKissick. I know we were both in on him. Uh, and so let's not bury the lead any longer. Let's talk about Logan Thomas. Uh, 15 targets here, 13 for 101. 12 targets for Terry McLaurin, 7 for 77. Uh, yeah. That's it. I mean, there's nothing that, else of note for Washington. but The best part about it is we were right. We were all 100% right. When we were talking about the pass catchers and preview in this game, we said Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, J.D. McKissich. Those are the only three you can start, and you can start all three of them with confidence because that's who, that's who Haskins is going to look at. He gave eight targets to Cam Sims because he threw the ball 55 times, but the three guys, we were like, yep, this is who you're starting. It was 100% right. JD had 25 points in full PPR. Logan Thomas is a player that I'm not drafting at his ADP next year, unfortunately. I just, I know it's going to be too high because everybody's trying to chase the breakout tight end guy. That's why Darren Waller was going in like the sixth round of startups. But I love Logan Thomas's long term outlook as long as they get a quality quarterback into Washington. Which talking about long term outlook here, going back to Dynasty, the way I the way I think about my rosters, the way I think long term is two to three years. I think about players in two to three year windows and that's me thinking long term. Anything outside of that is super long term and I'm not even gonna give it a second thought. Point in fact is Todd Gurley who just signed a long term deal in twenty eighteen and now we're entering the twenty twenty one offseason and he's going to be probably on the brink of not in the NFL. Uh, it's gonna be quite a discussion uh, for for him, but I mean that's why you can't think in dynasty more than two to three years. I think Logan Thomas has the opportunity to be a top twelve tight end 
for the next two to three years because you know the tight end position is one that you can play when you get a little bit older and he's a tremendous athlete I think he'll be okay there on the other side of the ball the offense was overall underwhelming for Seattle as they have been for the last six weeks or so Exactly, and I think we all kind of thought this could be a down week for them. I mean, Russell Wilson saved his day with 52 yards on the ground, but overall, it was, a, it was a, not a great day for the Seattle offense. Uh, they, they got kind of beat up up front, which was expected. This Washington front is really good. I think Washington ultimately should have won this game. Uh, they just did not. Uh, it, they had the opportunity to do it at the end, and they, made, they had a couple of really bad plays. Uh, Carlos Dunlap had a really key sack, which really which – really, for lack of a better word, sacked the drive there because it just it really set it back. And the offense for the Seahawks did not win this game. The, the defense did. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a Rusk didn't get sacked in this game, which is astounding. Right, but he was still under pressure. Yeah, I know day. he was under heavy duress, but yeah. like, he just the fact he's, that he didn't get a he's amazing in that, and the fact that the way he can escape the pocket and keep the play alive is it's better than Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the best of all time. Patrick Mahomes. Jamal. Jamal Adams has nine and a half sacks on the season. I know that's that's nuts. As, as most ever by safety, right? With, right? It's most ever by a defensive back in a single <laughs> year. So that's corners included. He's going to have a ten sack season as a safety. That's crazy. It's great. Uh, let's move on to this next game: Jaguars Ravens. The only real blowout of the entire weekend. Uh, not a ton to talk about here. Not a ton to talk about. The Ravens defense finally came back, came home to roost here, and they really shut down the Jaguars offense. I mean, Gardner Minshew still had 226 and two touchdowns, so he still had a decent day for you if you played him. DJ Chark was the leading receiver here, four for 53 on five targets. LaVisca Chanel had six uh, six targets, five for 43. Other than that, nothing. I mean, James Robinson was able to get a – he had a receiving touchdown, didn't he? He did get a receiving touchdown, three for 18 and a receiving touchdown, but 16 for 35 on the ground. Overall, just beat up this Jaguars offense. I mean, they got 14 points. You can see it there. And all 14 points came came in the second quarter, uh, second half, excuse me. So, yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a down day for these Jaguars. Um, that 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 garbage time still counts the same, though. Absolutely. And let's look let's look at the Ravens side now. I mean, Lamar Jackson is starting to do Lamar Jackson things again. Which was just coming at the right time for you if you're still alive uh, in your fancy playoffs, going heading into the championship week. Uh, he had four total touchdowns, one on the ground, uh, 35 yards on the ground, 243 in the air. J.K. Dobbins has come to life as the lead back in this backfield. I think we can finally say that with confidence. 14 carries for 64 yards, one touchdown, uh, one for 17 in the air. But uh, Marquise Brown is six for 98 though. Yeah, Marquise Brown, 6 for 98 on 7 targets. That was awesome. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, right before we got on here, there was a clip put out. Uh, I don't know if it was by the NFL or the Ravens or who put it out. It was a, a moment between Dobbins and uh, uh, Coach J- uh, John Harbaugh right after he scored his touchdown. Uh, and he went up to Harbaugh and said, hey, thanks for having faith in me or thanks for believing in me or never losing trust in me or something like that. And Harbaugh said, I'll never lose trust in you because, like, because you got, they can talk about heart and stuff. And I was like, hey, that's great. Uh, like, because he had, because he had a fumble in the day. But so, Dobbins, I agree, is, is a budding star in Baltimore. I think he's got a bright future ahead. He is the guy. Um, I'm still going to be a little nervous starting him, but I think in the final couple weeks, they play the Giants and then Cincinnati. So I can have some faith, I can have some confidence in those specific matchups. And then I think next year with a full offseason, He'll have a uh, he'll have a lot to work with. Mark Andrews is still good. Marquise Brown, 
and I'm still not buying it. By the way, did you see how wacky this week was in terms of old guys scoring touchdowns? Des Bryant, uh, out or let's see, so it was Des Bryant, Frank Gore, Larry Fitzgerald, and Antonio Brown all scored touchdowns today or on Sunday. <laughs> that is pretty wacky. Yeah. Also, by the way, so Jamal Adams, guess just where you think, like in a ranking, where he ranks in sacks on the year. Uh, he's top. 10 for sure i mean he is yeah um because i know zadarius is up there he's in the top three though with like 11 or 12 so zadarius is fourth with 11 and a half okay. behind tj watt and then trey hendrickson and donald who are tied at one yeah so jamal adams is seven with nine and a half yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah I guess that's what you paid him for. Yeah, he's um, got more than Khalil Mack. He's got more than Yannick Ngakwe, Stephon, Shaq Barrett, DeForest Buck. Just, jeez, man, it's nuts. He's got more than Joey Bosa. Speaking of let's paying Jamal Adams, let's go to the Jets-Rams games. Uh, this, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this game. I The Rams are, people want to complain about the Packers barely beating the Panthers by eight points. You could be a Rams fan right now. So uh, I think we should count our blessings. But I I don't even know where to start with this game. I mean, it was just weird all around. There's not much to there's not much to dissect here, in my opinion, other than the fact that Cam Akers had 15 out of the 19 carries for the Rams. That is it. Yeah, and that's, after, that's even with him leaving with an injury. Like, he left with an injury, and people thought he might be done for the game. So he left, came back, and still had... 14 more carries than any individual on the roster. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, yeah, I guess you can count on Cam Akers moving forward, which makes me sad. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'll never root against a player. Uh, I just want to go back now and see what I missed on Cam Akers. But, um, you know, I'm not, not really willing to hey, send you're that not one the only you're not the only person in the industry that missed on Cam Akers. There well, are I'm not considering it a miss yet. Did. I'm not considering it a miss yet, but it's on that way. It's on that path. I'm so- I'm, what I'm saying is there's people that thought Cam Akers would never even put up a stat line this good, let alone the one that he had last week. So mm. that's what I'm getting at. Fair enough. And speaking of stat lines, 23 of 59 and one touchdown. That's Frank Gore for you. Uh, so <laughs> he never goes away. He never goes and he, away. And then he caught one ball on one target for six yards, and that sealed the game. Yep. And uh, everybody's talking about Denzel Mims here. Uh, he's a buy low candidate for sure because they're going to want to add him into that Jets offense moving forward. And they're, if they don't have a new quarterback in any of the top four candidates you can probably name here, if they don't have one of those top four candidates who are probably better than Sam Donald at this very point in time for this offense, for this culture, for this team, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an, a value boost in that way. Period. So if he's Bottom available, line, Adam Gase is going to be on. So it doesn't matter like who. I actually, Sam, I you could run the take. entire roster. What? I don't think he is. You think Gase is still back? I do. I think if that happens, the Jets fan base gets cut in half. It goes from two to one. I, I, no, I get it. Does everybody get it? Because there's no <laughs> Jets fans left. Yes, I get it. Um, I just have this feeling that he just returns. I have I this don't. feeling I that they say Joe Douglas is done with him i i he should be i mean he absolutely yeah. should be but i don't know i just have this I feeling i just have this feeling anyway but denzel mims by low super by low candidate one of the best by low candidates you can have right now um jameson crowder jameson crowder six for six six on eight yeah 
Nothing else to talk about here. I, I don't really want to. Uh, real quick before we move on to the next thing. Yeah. I got two things. One, did you see that the Detroit Lions uh, special teams coordinator got fired today? I did. Did you see why? Because he called his own fake. That was awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine it's calling the... a fake one? And then there was people saying that his interim coach has got too much power. Dude, this, the special teams guy was gone in the offseason anyway. Shut up. Um, <laughs> it's Brian so Brom all over again. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the Lions punter made the Pro Bowl. So mm, special awesome. teams coordinator got fired, but he made the Pro Bowl. Um, real quick, obviously we know Trevor Lawrence are taking over Sam Darnold. Are you taking Justin Fields over Sam Darnold? Yes. What about Zach Wilson? Yes. Trey Lance. It's very close. And the reason I, the reason I'm so confident on the other two, it's it's the Josh Rosen effect. Do I believe in the talent of Sam Darnold? Yes. Do I believe he's been broken down mentally? Absolutely. And sometimes you can't recover from that. And so uh, I don't think Josh Rosen's done in the NFL yet. I think he still gets another opportunity somewhere down the road here. Uh, it's obviously going to no, be very. I think he's a starter next year, just not for the Jets. Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think he's a starter for a team in 2021, just not for the Jets. Possibly, possibly. Because there's so many. I think there's so many teams that are going to be in like kind of a limbo year where they just need like a bridge gap quarterback. And On I a cheap see him going, deal. Yeah. I could see him going somewhere and getting a cheap deal and starting. At least gonna, one you think game. they're going to cut him? I think they're going to end up trading him because everyone's going to know they're going to try and go get a quarterback. So I think that they'll trade him for like a second. Somebody's going to pay a second. I wouldn't, but somebody's going to. Um, and that's what I think is going to happen. Let's move on, to, though, to these Cardinals-Eagles game. A game that pains me oh so much. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts makes us look dumb. Are you still buying Jalen Hurts? I mean, he threw almost 50% of his passes. Uh, no, no, I'm not. Uh, I can't still... either. Like I, I, I'm, okay. Let we need to talk. We need to have some discourse about this. He had a fantastic game. Twenty four, forty four. Is what is he third all time in total yardage in their first two games behind Kevin Cobb and Cam Newton? <laughs> I didn't so realize that's, that's a great yeah. stat. So it's Cam Newton's one, Kevin Cobb two, Jalen Hurts three in total in terms of total number of yards in their first two starts. I you just. I can't do it. I, I can't buy into him. If I had him on my dynasty roster, I'm selling, 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 selling. I I don't buy the situation in Philly. I don't buy him as a player in the NFL. And maybe I'm going to get crap for this because he just went out and put up 338 yards and three touchdowns, and he played with a lot of heart. He made some really good plays. They are catering this offense for him. And he looked good in that catered offense, yes. My my question is, one, why couldn't they do that for Carson Wentz? Two, <clears throat> teams are going to they're gonna make him throw. They're not going to let him run. Like, it's, he had 11 carries for 63 yards. A lot, I guess half of, those were, uh, half of those were scrambles, which is great. But he, he, you're not going to get away in the NFL with throwing 24 or 44 every, every team. Like, it's just not going to happen. You're not, and it's it, like teams are going to make you pay for that. You're not going to be able to be that inefficient. Uh, you're not going to have teams like the Cardinals who, at times, just can't get out of their own way. The they Cardinals don't want to win. Sometimes, sometimes it feels like they don't want to win. Two, the Cardinals had two fumbles. They uh, they had three total fumbles. They lost two of them. Kyler Murray had one. Nuke had one. Kyler almost had a second one, but he was ruled down. Jalen Hurts had three fumbles on the day. Didn't lose a single one of them. 
the ball is not going to always bounce your way. Uh, Speaking of that, the, the throws he's making are to receivers who are making incredible contested catches. Like, your receivers are making plays for you, and that, that warrants something to be said about you. But at the same time, they're not going to be able to always make those contested catches. Like, a couple of those throws, like the one where he had uh, the most impressive play I saw was the one in the fourth quarter where he, where he fumbled it, picked it back up, and threw it. That was a tremendous play. You know, the guy's a gamer in that way. But there were a lot of other throws where he threw it into double coverage and his receiver went up and made a play. Like, that's just not going to happen a lot of times. Yeah, let's run through the stats real quick. Zach Ertz, 2 for 69 on 7 targets. Zach Ertz, who has been a historically efficient receiver or receiving tight end, caught 2 balls for 69 yards on 7 targets. So that means he had 5 incompletions. Alshon Jeffrey, 2 for 63 on 3 targets. So something tells me that 39-yard catch he had was a jump ball. Jalen Rager, 5 for 49 on 8 targets. A little bit better. Still not great. Quez Watkins, 3 for 40 and a touchdown on 4 targets. 32-yard long. Yeah, I will. Yeah, and that the thirty-two yard long. Did you see the touchdown play? Terrible defense from the top. Terrible the defense. Great. Well, one, he's super fast. He's he a, is super he's fast. An, he's an angle. It was breaker, a tremendous run for him. The, the yeah, vision like he that, saw, but yeah, yeah, that little like loop in just sucked in every bit of the defense, and then he was gone. Once they, once everybody bit, it was over. Uh, Goddard four for thirty-nine on eight. Not great there. Travis Fulgham two for thirty for on two. Miles Sanders one for twenty-six on two targets. Greg Ward. Freaking weird. Four for 15 and two touchdowns on five targets. Makes no sense. I agree. I'm not in on Jalen Hurts long term. I agree. I'm also selling him for Dynasty. Let's move over and talk about the Cardinals. We could talk about Jalen Hurts a ton in the offseason. Kyler Murray, 27 for 36, three touch and 406 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. He also added eight carries for 29 yards and a score on the ground. Chase Edmonds had 11 for 47 uh, on the ground. Kenyon Drake had 10 for 26. Um, then Kenyon Drake added two catches for 14 yards, and then Chase Edmonds had three catches for 19 yards and a score on five targets there. Uh, New Hopkins came back to life. Nine for 169 and a score on 11 targets on the day. Great day for him. Dan Arnold had three for 54 on five targets, and that's about it. You had Keyshawn Johnson had a little bit of work. Larry had three for 35 and a score. Christian Kirk, three for 33 on four targets, but just... Did Kyler you know Hartford. this was Larry Fitzgerald's first touchdown since the week 14 of last year? That doesn't surprise me. He's not been getting touchdowns all year. Uh, Kirk has been getting a lot of them. They've been getting a lot of rushing touchdowns, obviously, with Kyler. So that's kind of crazy. But at the same time, when, you, it, when you're like, wow, that's weird, and then you sit there and you're like, well, rushing touchdowns, new Kirk. All right, kind of makes some sense. Um, yeah, I still think Christian Kirk's a – a, a buy buy like a super low candidate right now um, i'm starting to lose a little bit of faith still there with him but losing a little bit of faith let's move on to our penultimate game for this podcast kids see chiefs take down the new orleans saints on the road 32 to 29 the chiefs go a perfect eight and oh on the road this year uh the saints drop to five and two at home mahomes goes 26 of 47 for 254 yards and three scores uh he also added seven carries for 37 yards, including a long of 24. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who left with uh, what turns out to be a just an ankle sprain, thankfully. Ankle uh, and it, knee. He had an ankle and yeah, knee injury. But it did look to, it looked to be serious. It was deemed minor today, so that was great. Uh, 14 for 79 for him. He also had one catch for four yards. Le'Veon Bell uh, had 15 carries for 62 yards and a score. Uh, he actually scored right after um, Clyde left the game and right after Cam Jordan. I'll got say this about Le'Veon Bell. Lev Bell has been absolutely unusable all year. I will I will preface this what I'm about to say with that. There's probably going to be no Clyde Edwards-Hiller next week. 
you might be able to play Lev Bell in your flex, depending on who else you have to whoever whoever else you have to juggle in there. He They're playing might, Atlanta, so I like him. Yeah, I, I think Lev Bell is going to return value if you make it somehow to the championship game with Lev Bell on your roster. So, yeah. So, so you got that. Uh, I, like I like I said, I like Lev Bell next week uh, against Atlanta, and depending on your options, he's not the worst flex. Don't overthink it. Don't try and get cute. Like if you have a guy that's been a stud for you all year. And you have well, well, Le'Veon Bell's got a good matchup this week, and he played well last week. Don't overthink it. Start the stud. Travis Kelsey, eight for sixty-eight on twelve targets, had a touchdown as well. Uh, Sammy Watkins had four for sixty on six. Tyree Kill, six for fifty-three, and a score on ten targets. Uh, Michael Hardman did three for twenty-two and a score on nine targets. That touchdown catch though was nuts. Did you see yeah. that one? Uh, I I think I missed this one. I saw the other two. It was uh, an incredible throw, an incredible um, throw from Holmes. Um, but I'll pull, I'll pull it up here while we're sitting there going through this. Uh, Drew Brees looked bad. Fifteen for thirty-four, two thirty-four, three touchdowns. Good. <laughs> uh, obviously didn't have any rushing ga- running game. Uh, Alvin Kamara had eleven for fifty-four on the ground. Also added three for forty on six targets. Caught a touchdown. Yeah, I know that. Okay, I'm seeing that Mahomes thing now. That, that was pretty impressive. All righty. Um, Kamara only got six targets in a game that Michael Thomas missed, which is just crazy. Um, everybody, including he still myself. Led the, uh, he still led the Saints. Yeah, he led the Saints, but the fact that he only had six was well, surprising. My, my, I guess my point there is he led the Saints team in targets. The, the Saints overall, offensively, were not good. And the large part of that was, I guess, maybe Drew Brees misreading the defense. I mean, 15 of 34 is highly, highly uncharacteristic for him. As one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history, that is just – it's un, it's inaccurate. So, or, I'm sorry, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's highly um, – Unlikely. Unlikely. Not going to happen again. Yeah, thank you. So I, I'm okay with Alvin Kamara and the way that he salvaged his day with the touchdown in the air. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had four for 76. No one else is worth talking about. I understand other people scored. I don't really care. They're not going to do anything. Uh, Taysom Hill vultured a touchdown because that's what he does. Let's move on to our final game of the day. Browns-Giants. Browns roll 20-6. to uh, Baker puts up 27-32, of 32, 297 yards, two scores. Uh, also added four carries for 11 yards. Nick Chubb at 15 for 50 on the ground with a score. Uh, also added two catches for 16 yards on two targets. Kareem Hunt had seven for 21 on the ground, three for seven through the air. It was a really quiet night for him, which didn't make a lot of sense because the Giants are terrible at defending uh, pass-catching running backs this year. They've been bad at it all year, so I think that this was a game script thing more than anything else. Just they were up big. There was no point in throwing the ball because Kareem got pulled. Did he suffer an injury last night? Do you know? Uh, I didn't catch it. Okay, because I saw him like get pulled off the field at one point, and I couldn't tell if that was an injury or if they're just like, you know what, we're up, let's just pull you. Uh, anyway, I think he'll have better weeks. Rashard Higgins, 4 for 76 on five targets. Uh, good day for him. Jarvis Landry, 7 for 61 and a score on eight targets. He had an outstanding day. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, interesting buy low candidate, but I'm not like Absolutely super on it. Absolutely buying low on Donovan Peoples-Jones. But I was super high on him in the in the pre-draft process. I had him as high as a second-round talent. I really did. Uh, the he, one issue I have with him is just he's still behind OBJ and Jarvis. And then absolutely. Higgins comes back. I so don't know if issue. Odell Beckham is a Brown next offseason or next season. That is my hot take, I guess. But that's kind of hot. It and it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think he's still. I think he's back. But if he at the same time, if he was traded, it wouldn't be like 
earth shattering. Like, what? I can never believe I that. I view him as a cap casualty specifically because the Browns have no guaranteed money invested in him because the Giants took it on. And so, with that being said, his cap hit going into a cap ridden year, I think Odell Beckham could be a cap casualty. That's very that's a very legitimate possibility. We got Austin Hooper finally returned value five for forty one on six targets, caught the first touchdown of the night. Uh, I had a friend who cashed big on that. He he well I can't say cash big. He put down a dollar seventy five and one twenty nine seventy five, and I was like, I hate you because you do this and you cash, and I sit here and I put hours of effort in, and I and I don't get it. So nothing else of worth of note on the pass catchers there. Onto the Giants. Colt McCoy was not great. 19 for 31, 221 yards. Nothing here. Nothing. Nothing else worth talking about. Darius Slayton had four for 74 on nine targets. Sterling Shepard, four for 51 on seven. Evan Engram, four for 46 on seven. And Evan Engram uh, just got named to a Pro Bowl. So there's that. He's got that going on for him. That should tell you how bad the tight end position is overall. By the way, I think that Odell has one year left in Cleveland. 2022 could be gone. He's uh, got 12.7 in dead cap next year. So So wait, did I misunderstand the fact that the Browns took on dead money from him then? Uh, I think that they took on the initial uh, – well, I. it looks like the Giants took on the initial dead money. But then the Browns – the Brown, it, according to this, the Browns have the dead money for next year. I'm just going – I'm going mm. based off of what I'm looking at. That would at be very here. interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. We'll, like, talk, about that, we'll talk about that in the offseason. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but nothing worth talking about here. Uh, yeah, Evan Engram got named to the Pro Bowl over uh, certain other players uh, that probably should have gotten it, and the Pro Bowl continues to be a joke. But, yeah, it costs players money, so that's why I think that this idea of fan voting and arbitrary selections just, just it's foolish. doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. And with that, we have wrapped up the games that we can review for Week 15. Hopefully you're still alive in your fantasy playoffs. Hopefully you're playing for a fantasy championship in Week 16. If so, make sure you're watching out for our podcast on Friday morning to preview the Week 16 games. Uh, that'll be obviously Sands, the week's, the Thursday night game. Is there a Thursday night game this week? I haven't even checked yet. But I don't think so because there's Friday games. All right, well, we'll catch the Friday games for you. So make sure you're tuning in Friday morning to capture that podcast. We'll be recording on Christmas Eve for you so you can listen to it all day Christmas and show your family and your friends what it is you're listening to so you're winning money in your fantasy championships. But uh, make sure you're tuning in Sunday for our live stream sit start. That will be our last live stream until further notice. We'll, we'll talk about how we're going to do our content in the offseason, uh, but that'll be our last uh, last live stream until further notice, and it'll be for sit start, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, it's always a good time. Uh, obviously, if you had listened this week, you would have gotten J.D. McKissick's 23 points in your lineup, so make sure you're listening for that, and uh, so you can talk through your lineup problems. I know that a large part of going through your lineup problems is simply overthinking it and getting somebody else to verify what you're thinking. So uh, make sure you're tuning in to go over that. Uh, but uh, I don't have anything else to add, so make sure you're liking, rating, and subscribing the podcast. Uh, make sure you're leaving feedback so we can know what we're doing well, what we can do better, which I'm sure there's quite a bit that we can do better. So let us know for sure so we can deliver you better content in the offseason moving forward into next year because uh, I can't wait the way that th- the way that this thing is growing. It's just, it's just a lot of fun right now. So uh, make sure you let us know how we're doing. But until next time, go Pack Go.